0: So skateboarding originated uh, in the 40s in California. Uh, Surfers who had basically nothing to do when the waves were flat, uh, they started unscrewing the wheels off of roller skates and reattaching them to boards and uh, rolling them down the uh, sidewalk. Uh, Basically, they called this uh, sidewalk surfing and that was the origin of skateboarding. (laughs) I am Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. Now, the first thing you will notice is that we are not in our traditional setting. Not even close. Not even close. (laughs) Uh, We are in uh, Grayson Roberts' podcast studio. So thank you for letting us uh, set up and do the show from here today. Of course. As uh, most of you probably know, uh, Grayson is the producer... Producer, that's the word of uh, uh, Lawyer Up. Uh, He does all of the camera work. Uh, I just sit and talk, and he does everything else uh, that you see uh, when you see the videos. Uh, So I appreciate you showing up on this side of the camera uh, for today's uh, podcast uh, and Lawyer Up. Um, If you're not familiar with Grayson, you should check out his channel. Tell him a little bit about yourself, Grayson.
1: Well, for one, I podcast. Welcome to my studio. Thank you guys for allowing me on the channel uh i'm a full-time youtuber wannabe podcaster uh that's pretty much my life i ride bmx that's how i do my things how i feed myself and yeah that's and i'm we're trying to work on building this channel for him lawyer up that's been a lot of fun a lot of great information it's already helped a lot of people out so if you haven't already definitely hit the subscribe button to this channel because you know as much as i can do on youtube i will never be able to provide the value that this guy does for free so definitely hit that subscribe button but yeah that's me, his son. And he didn't even say that. I'm his son.
0: Oh, yeah. There's that, too. Yes. <laughs> Those of you in uh, the uh, Grayson world know me as Papa Roberts. A lot of Papa you do. Roberts. So, uh uh, but yeah, if you're out there, uh, I would uh, appreciate it. If you would like, uh, comment, subscribe, share my channel. Uh, also, check out Grayson Roberts' channel. Just type it in uh, to uh, uh, YouTube and it pops right up. So uh, we have uh, on his website, uh, bossindustries.co, C-O, uh, we have merch. Uh, he has a lot of merch under Boss Industries. I have some under the affiliates link. Is that what it's called? No,
1: no, no. no. You're not no, no. that's No, that's not what I am. No, you're under the creators. Tab. Oh, I'm a you're creator. You're not affiliate. You have your own merch. Oh, affiliates see. Affiliates, if like someone sold my merch for me and I gave them a cut. Oh. Like commission. You're not getting commission. You're getting... You're selling actual merch.
0: I'm selling my own merch. Yeah. Well, why don't you just go ahead and give me a commission on yours
1: too? No, thanks.
0: Okay. All right, guys. Well, today we are talking about the origins of skateboarding, the origins of BMX. Uh, We're going to talk about the evolution of both of those sports, and then we're going to get into a little legal aspect. We're going to talk about skate parks and laws uh, and liability and those types of uh, topics on today's podcast.
1: So are you ready to rock and roll? Yeah, so I've got some questions for him. So I come from, I started skating about almost a decade ago, which is kind of crazy to think about. And uh, in fact, me and Kenzie were on YouTube last night and we typed in your channel. We, we listened to uh, the covered in polka dots and we watched one of my original skateboarding videos that you edited for me at the skate park. I'm sure you don't remember, but it was nine years ago.
0: Yeah. No, that's my uh, old school channel, uh, personal channel. I've only got four or five things up on that. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Not
1: on this channel on is like personal from like a decade ago, which is crazy anyway. So yeah, I came from skateboarding and now I'm obviously a BMXer. That's my job. So uh, I've got some questions for him here. And question number one is, it's not really a question, but I just want a summary of the history of skateboarding in the United States.
0: All right, like I said in the intro, uh, skateboarding basically started in the 40s in California. Uh, you've got these surfers, and there are days when there are no waves. The waves are flat, uh, and they wanted something to do. Uh, so they took apart uh, wooden boxes uh, and boards, uh, and they actually unscrewed the roller skate wheels from the bottom of roller skates. Uh, and Then they screwed them back in and attached them uh, to these boards, uh, and then they just started riding them, uh, and that's kind of where the word skate, uh, because of the uh, s- the skate wheels and board, skateboard. That's where it comes from. Uh, it's not terribly complicated. No, uh, pretty simple. Like toothbrush, like you know, you're a caveman. It's, how do we describe this? Well, we brush our teeth with it. Screwdriver. I mean, it's a pretty pretty basic uh, explanation or description of something. But that's what it was. They were boards that they had attached uh, roller skate wheels to. uh, And then they rolled them down the sidewalk. And it was called sidewalk surfing uh, because basically that's what they were doing. Uh, Some kids started modifying crates. So they had some kind of upright support. Uh, Then they would screw these metal wheels into the bottom of, of these crates. And those were the original scooters. Uh, and remember at the time, well, you wouldn't remember, you weren't around in the forties, but, uh, these were metal. These wheels were metal, not like the wheels that, uh, you know, today, uh, and they were narrow. Remember, uh, uh, well, you know, from, uh, roller skates, they're just the bottom of your foot. So these wheels were very, very narrow, very, very close together and metal on the bottom of these boards. Uh, but it was a, uh, kind of a novelty, uh, that started, uh, but in the fifties, it really began to catch on. Uh, And remember that uh, uh, we didn't have uh, cell phones. You didn't have YouTube. You didn't have videos back then. Uh, So we didn't know really in Missouri what was going on in California. Uh, But uh, TVs uh, became more popular in homes, uh, more commonplace in the 50s. uh, And that's when uh, some people started to understand uh, this phenomenon that was going on uh, in California. Uh, during the 50s. And by the time we get to the 60s, uh, there are several companies out in California that start manufacturing uh, skateboards commercially. Uh, now, at that time, they were still shaped like surfboards uh, because that's what the people were. They were surfboarders. So there were these long uh, boards uh, with pointed ends, uh, kind of like surfboards. And mm-hmm. we've seen kind of a resurgence of yeah. uh, those types of long boards. Uh, But in 1964, a TV show called Surf's Up began promoting skateboarding on TV. Uh, And that's kind of uh, when the phenomenon kind of became popular uh, everywhere uh, in the United States. Um, We get up to the 70s. That's when the polyurethane wheels were invented by the first company to do it was Cadillac Wheels. Uh, And obviously that improved traction. It improves speed. It's the kind of wheels that uh, people are used to today and not those old school metal wheels. Uh, And also in 76, uh, Tracker Trucks started manufacturing trucks and axles that were specifically designed for skateboarding. So obviously these were wider, uh, had better balance, uh, and it was just a lot more stability uh, in regard to uh, skateboarding. Uh, And uh, really that's when people started performing more tricks on these boards because they were more stable. Uh, and that at that time, uh, skateboard competitions became uh, popular uh, in uh, California.
1: That's kind of weird. I figured skateboarding would have come before surfing for some reason. Surfing seems so complicated, but skateboarding—it's like you, you just got wheels. You could stand anything that has wheels. You can just stand on it and go. So I figured someone would have, out the gate when the wheel was invented, I to put this on my feet. It's weird that they thought that riding the floating boards would come first so that, that's interesting i didn't know anything about all that so that's, yeah. that's awesome
0: yeah you'd think with the advent of the wheel the first thing they would be uh, wanting to take advantage of is how can i ride this thing
1: yeah you know yeah. You <laughs> that's would what think, i'd be wanting you to would think but hey maybe you saw the ocean you're just like how can i ride that thing anyway um yeah that was really actually fascinating i've never i didn't know any of that um the second question i have is, is when did skate parks first open like when was the first park
0: well, uh, obviously, that's a good question. In, in in 76, when things were starting to really emerge, a lot of stuff happened in 1976. Uh, the first two skate parks in the United States opened. Uh, one was in Florida and one was in San Diego. So we're Oh, good.
1: yeah. there's these All these YouTubers go to the world's first skate park. And it was in, uh, do you know the, the town?
0: Well, one's in San Diego. The one in Florida, I'm not sure about.
1: Yeah. Uh, and okay. in fact, I yeah, think... Yeah, I've heard of that one, actually. Even
0: though the craze started in... Uh, california i think the very first uh park was in florida
1: i think that's what i've heard uh, and i don't i yeah. don't remember
0: the town but yeah it's like
1: kona or something i, I don't think, have my phone on me
0: but yeah that that sounds right uh,
1: something like that i think
0: but they it's opened crazy one skate park in florida and one in san diego in california that in the research i did they were a week apart and opening oh, wow. so they were they were right there in uh, the beginning ends of the, yeah yeah so it's Wild. uh interesting and, and just from some Perspective from 76, we have our first skate park opening. And then by 1982, uh, that's six years later, at that point in time, there were over 200 skate parks in the United States. So it was an explosion of skate parks during that uh, time. Uh, and up until '76, um, skateboarding really consisted of, uh, you know, freestyle, your flatland mm, skating, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. and your sidewalk surfing. Mm-hmm. And then they had slalom, uh, which uh, I didn't know anything about. But it's uh, when you put uh, your your sidewalk surfing on a hill, uh, and you go downhill, and you're, you you kind of move in and out of uh, cones. They still have it today. Competitions mm. for slalom and going back really? and forth between cones.
1: Sounds uh, like skiing. Uh, it is. I mean, they or have snowboarding. S- they know.
0: have uh, either one. They have a uh, they have a slalom, and that's an Olympic event uh, where you go back and forth between flags, and it's the same kind of thing mm. uh, that they were that they and they still do it to now. You can actually. Uh, Google it uh, and, and see some videos of people doing this uh, downhill slalom skateboarding. Uh, but the real significant thing that happened in 1976 was that there was a water shortage in California uh, and they uh, implemented some what's called water rationing. Uh, I haven't seen this during my lifetime. Uh, well, I guess I was alive in 76, but I was just really, really little. Uh, but uh, it was actually illegal to misuse water because uh, they didn't have enough of it. Really, uh, and so you could use water for, uh, you know, obviously, you know, flushing the toilet, drinking, mm-hmm. taking a shower, that kind of stuff. But uh, a lot of times, they would outlaw um, watering your yard. Wow. Uh, and specifically seen that
1: in movies uh, yeah that's
0: about it yeah it, it, but it, but the big deal was you couldn't fill your swimming pool with water lots of California swimming pools right uh, wow. and
1: oh uh, I see where this is
0: going because they didn't okay. have uh, they didn't have enough water uh-huh. uh, you have these empty concrete uh, swimming pools in all wow. these backyards
1: oh that's fascinating so okay. you've got
0: these kids mm-hmm. who uh, uh, when they uh, they can't surf if the waves are flat and mm-hmm. they can't swim in their own backyards yeah Uh, So they're going to use these concrete uh, pools uh, with their skateboards, Mm -hmm. right? So that was the advent of vert skating. Uh, Basically, uh, it popped out of having some empty uh, concrete bowls in people's backyards uh, and kids wanting to use them.
1: Yeah, that's really fascinating. uh, It's crazy to think that it started with a real pool. And like, for example, at our local skate park, there is a perfect replica of a pool with classic, what's called coping, but plastic, you know classic edges of the pool. I don't know what you would call it. You know how on your pool you have that red, the edges? Yeah, yeah. What would that be called? I I don't even know what they call it. Some sort of
0: edging. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So the old school version of that, they would replicate that in artificial bowls at the skate park, and it's replicating an old school pool, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, and I guess it is. I mean, essentially it is coping. It's just not, Mm -hmm. that's not what its design was Mm -hmm. for. It was supposed to be decorative edging.
1: Yeah, that's Uh, exactly. exactly. One of the bowls is literally like a classic pool. One of them is exaggerated. You know, that huge one. Yep, no yep. one's swimming in that, you know, that's right, like right. the ocean. But yeah.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you're transferring, essentially transferring, uh, horizontal skating vertically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's where the word vert wow. comes from because yeah. it's vertical skating. And so in the eighties, uh, the vert skateboarding became the rage. That was what uh, people wanted to do. And that's when people were starting to do. So at this point in time, you've got, you know, more advanced skateboards, uh, you've got, you know, polyurethane wheels, mm-hmm. you've got your more advanced trucks. They're wider, they're more you know stable. Uh, and so people started doing tricks uh, and that's when the Ollie was invented, uh, kick flips are the kinds of tricks mm-hmm. that uh, people were, were doing, uh, at this time because they had a board that was, you know, a lot more stable than the, the board that you found in your garage with two really narrow yeah. metal wheels attached to it. So, uh, during the 80s when uh, skateboarding really blew up, uh, a lot of the uh, skate parks were built and they were built specifically for vert style skating. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that was kind of uh, the rage in the 80s. Now later in the 80s, uh, the street skating became uh, more popular. Uh, And a lot of these skate parks, because they were built for skirt or or for uh, vert skating.
1: For uh, skirt burden. For skirt burden.
0: (laughs) These parks were built for chasing skirt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no way, that's
0: that's not right. Uh
1: Skirt bear and your skirt. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what's fun about uh podcasts cuz you can uh, stumble on your words and just keep going, right? You just keep going. Uh it's but different uh vibe. It's different. It's a, it vibe. is different. It's your different. screw
1: ups you turn into a joke. You have fun with. But otherwise you're like, "Oh, I messed up. Messed now up. I gotta go back and edit it." But now it's just like you run with it.
0: Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I enjoy it's, it's it. Yeah, a
1: lot of fun. Yeah, and especially when you get one of these things, and you start yelling at people while you're doing the podcast, then it gets really fun. But. Yeah.
0: Well, feel free to yell at me if you need to. I'll, I will. All right. So where, what were we talking about? I don't know. Oh, don't yeah. Know. We were talking about street. We were talking about streets. Kurtz. We were talking about skirts and street. Right. That's so right. Okay. anyway, these street guys uh, that were, you know, they, they, the parks were built for the vert guys. So the street guys, mm-hmm. they head out into the community. Right. And they're riding in the streets, shopping centers parking lots. uh, And, you know, they wanted steps, ramps, curbs, benches, ledges, rails, that kind of thing. Uh, And so uh, that at the time wasn't available in the skate park. So they're moving out into the community Mm -hmm. and they're doing their thing uh, out in the community. And of course that makes the people in the community cranky. Uh, So the public uh, with their commercial uh, businesses uh, in government uh, buildings that are perfect for street riders. Yep. Uh, but you've got uh, business owners that are, you know, you, if you own a bank and you got a little old lady bringing her money into your bank, you can't have kids bouncing off your sidewalk and (laughs) and knocking the little old lady down. So communities get cranky, uh, and they turn to uh, municipal governments uh, and they start, uh, issuing these ordinances, um, uh, that, uh, that you see, you know, no skateboarding here, no, uh, BMXing here outside of places of business. And so they started, uh, basically issuing, um, these types of, of warnings. And, you know, y- you know, you talk about old people, that would be me. Uh, you, you can't hardly blame them when you have these, uh, issues with people, uh, you know, potentially running into your customers. Yeah. Um, you know, at our office, we've had kids, the steps out in front of my office, kids have you know waxed you've seen it they've oh, waxed yeah. the
1: step the other day i was uh, riding through there with thug and i looked at it and we and we both looked at each other and we're like that's a no no zone we can't ride <laughs> on my dad's own play his own building so we uh, just went right past it went to the next building well that's good
0: that's good uh, but yeah. but kids have kids have done it i've seen them out there doing mm-hmm. it and there's a big chip on the edge of our concrete you know it causes damage mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to the no, concrete it's
1: totally waxed up on that so, bottom
0: it is it is yeah. so uh and you know i can't hardly blame old people like me for for not wanting that kind of thing uh, going on outside of your business, you know, and and so these cities started passing ordinances, treating this as trespassing and or vandalism, mm. uh, those types of things. And and so how do you think, you know, the kids responded to that? You think they listened?
1: Of course not. Rebellious, mostly young adults, teenagers. Hell no.
0: Well, it's a shocker that when some old people put down some words in a book that uh, <laughs> younger people don't pay any attention to, I mean, they didn't, they didn't give a damn. I was like, I don't care what kind of a, an ordinance you pass, yep. you know, can you catch me? No, we can't catch them. We could chase them, but we can't catch them. Uh, So uh, uh, it didn't work out uh, so well. Now they still, their ordinances are still around, but you don't ever see anybody. I've been practicing law for 23 years now. I've never represented anybody on a a skateboarding Mm -hmm. uh, ticket. So I suppose, I I suppose they could issue them, but uh, uh, the ordinance passing didn't work out so well. As Dr. Phil would say, how's that working out for you?
1: How's that working out for you? Yeah,
0: Dr. Phil. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, so they had to decide to do something a little bit different. Um, and, you know, in the 90s, riding street was king. I mean, that's what people were doing with skateboarding. And government officials were realizing, hey, just passing an ordinance, that's not going to solve the problem. Yep. Uh, so uh, they began to build more skate parks. And that was a popular way to get these kids um out of the community areas, out of the street areas, uh, and into designated spots. And it was, um, you know, it's better for everybody. Uh, You got kids in traffic and bad, tragic things can happen and and have on occasion. Um, And these uh, uh, skate park initiatives began to be um, supported by not only, you know, kids and parents and schools, police officers have stepped up and said, yeah, this is a good idea. Community leaders have stepped up and do that. Uh, It's a difficult uh, to, to get these done in some instances, we've been involved yep. with a skate park, uh, committee in Nixa that's been around for uh, a is a small town South of Springfield where we live. Uh, and, uh, it's been around for a long, long time and they still don't have a skate park. And so it takes a massive effort uh, unless Tony Hawk's going to swoop in and give you a million dollars. We don't meet that, uh,
1: that poverty something you have to, your community has to make a, uh, not, there's like a, the, Uh, income threshold for your community and we don't meet that because the person who ran that said we don't meet that. So he's tried.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, uh, and that's, you know, shame on us, right? I mean, if we, if we have the wherewithal to do it and Mm. we haven't done it yet, then that's, that's their own fault. Um, but it's, uh, there's, there's a group of people, a core group of people that are still trying to get that done. Um, but it's, uh, it has taken hold in a lot of communities worldwide. A uh, statistic I read that was by two thousand six, there were over twenty four hundred skate parks worldwide, and so wow. they were going up. You know, and that's some little ones, and that's big mm, ones. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, some of them, I mean, are.
1: Crane, Missouri, has a skate park. It's not a big one. It's not a great one. But yeah. I have a and skate I think park. there's
0: there's four people that live in Crane. I think, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, about uh,
1: maybe like yeah, maybe three at this point.
0: But uh, yeah, so uh, it's uh and we've got a community of roughly thirty thousand, and we still mm-hmm. don't have one. So yep. fortunately Springfield has a very nice park. You
1: gotta pay uh, though. But
0: uh, yeah, you gotta I've pay. Never
1: been. I've been to two skate parks. I've, I've been to hundreds of skate parks. I've been to two in my life, other than Springfield, that you actually have to pay for. We have one skate park, and you have to pay for it, which is unfortunate, but at least we have one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. What what the different types of skate parks are, but. Uh, uh, just finishing out with the history of skateboarding in, in 2010, we started seeing these electric skateboards uh, and the popularity has continued and uh, coming up in what now is, it's the 2020 Olympics, but because of COVID it got kicked back to 2021 uh, skate park not skate park skateboarding has actually been added as an Olympic sport for the first time. Not it has been. Uh, I, well, maybe it's not the first time. But, nah, uh,
1: I, you might be right. I, cause now, I don't know. You know,
0: they've had snowboarding and those other types of things. They've had several similar things in the winter Olympics, but for the summer Olympics, they're going to have probably, street.
1: Yeah. And, I'm probably thinking of like X games or something.
0: And it, yeah, it may be street and park. Both are going to be categories where you can get an mm-hmm. Olympic
1: medal. Wow. Uh, that's coming cool. up in
0: uh, 2021 if the world doesn't you know go to hell uh, with with covid by then more uh, than it
1: already has so
0: anyway what uh uh that is basically the history of um the uh, skateboarding
1: that yeah that that's uh that's interesting and a lot of those same problems are still like we see when we're out riding or skating those no trespassing we were at uh, founders park and there was a bunch of signs And, and in fact not the last time we went, not the time before that, but the time before that, there was a guy there who came who was supposed to kick us out, but he, he was just wanted to ask us some questions, and uh, he thought it was cool, and he was like, hey, man, I got to leave, because if my boss sees me here and not kicking you out, like I'll get in trouble. So I'm just going to head out and pretend like I didn't see you guys. Have a great day. So there's a lot of people in the community who do understand it, and it, bikes is a little bit different, because bikes have rubber tires, and unless you are using pegs, but our pegs are even plastic, we don't really damage stuff that much. It's usually like hard trucks, but yeah, even, I mean, even when I... I'm out riding my bikes or skateboards. There are some things that were like, oh, we're starting to damage this. There's some people who don't care, but our specific group kind of pays more attention to that. So not everybody, but I I try to not vandalize anything. We actually rode at the courthouse. We didn't ride anything. I didn't let anybody ride anything, but we just kind of rode around and looked at it. There's a bunch of spots and I was like, no one puts pegs on these. Like the, the cops were everywhere. They were constantly circling. So we didn't uh, we didn't vandalize the courthouse. Luckily, well,
0: right? that's good. The one in Springfield you're talking about,
1: the the old one, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's yeah, that's the police station. Springfield's police station for the city cops is is just south of there. Just north of there is the county sheriff. So yeah. that's where yeah. everybody swarms. That's uh, yep. the last place you want to be doing uh, any type of mischief. Yep. However, the jail's right there too. So if you get busted, it's
1: a short ride. We, we rode so. right past the jail because what we actually did is there was a um this like this business had this really ugly feature that made for a beautiful bike spot so they tried to get a couple clips on it and uh sure enough a cop comes rolling down as we're riding on literally the front door of this business that one guy was one guy i was kind of saying it off because i was like this is sketchy but um the cop luckily turned and didn't bother us and then right when we left there we're like oh we're totally getting a getting in trouble for this we ride and we we look at the entrance of the jail, but anyway, yeah. So this, the problems still are, are the same these days, but uh, yeah. Anyway. So what about BMX? That's what I do. What about BMX? I hear you. I hear you that. Yeah. Uh,
0: and so when we're talking about BMX uh, and this was doing my research on this, uh, it's kind of news to me. Uh, BMX stands for bicycle motocross.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I Uh mean, like two uh, years ago. I've I been riding was, for about a decade.
0: I didn't even know that. Yeah. And basically has its origin with, uh, you know, bike racing on dirt tracks, you know, mm. similar to motorcycles, with kids, you know, they're too young, or their parents won't let them ride a motorcycle, so they've come up with these replicas that don't have engines. Mm. These much BMX, uh, yeah, much slower. Unless you just, you know, drop them out of an airplane, then they <laughs> yeah. move at the same speed. I think yeah, yeah, there's yeah. physics behind that. But anyway, that's a different story for a different time. But uh, <laughs> so uh, from that, of course, emerged the freestyle BMX uh, genre, which is you know stunt riding essentially on mm. these modified bikes. In uh, the disciplines uh, in that uh, that have developed over the years, of course, are street, which we've talked about, yep. public places, urban areas, uh, park, uh, which is, you know, your skate parks, uh, those types of uh, ramps, jumps, those types of things. Of course, vert, which we talked about uh, a lot of times they uh, and what I read were classifying that as your, you know, between your quarter pipes, uh, riding back and mm-hmm. forth, that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and then stuff I wasn't as familiar with uh, flatlands. Uh, which is and I've seen some videos of people just doing tricks on bikes on just a flat land where they just kind of flip it upside down. Yeah, you'd be standing up and straight up and down on doing kind of weird stuff like that. It's wild. Uh, Which is uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah, I gotta have a pretty good balance to do that stuff. And then of course uh, the trails, the dirt trails, jumps, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. What's your last video uh was at a dirt trail? Where where was that? For my
1: first time. That was in it wasn't in Springfield, it was close though. It was west.
0: Okay. Well, I, I had never even seen any, it really or heard close. of anything like that. It was
1: like only that. like 12 minutes away from here. Yeah, no, it, it was really fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, Battlefield is west of Springfield. I don't even know where that is. But
1: uh, yeah, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not sure where exactly it was. But yeah, it was super fun. Well,
0: that's cool. And, uh, so to answer your question, I kind of got off, off track a little bit. But back in, in, you know, we go back into the 70s where the skateboard craze is, is going, uh, they're getting parks built. And they're taking their their uh, skateboards and they're building little ramps and jumps like kids do. And right, mm. and people with bikes are like, "Hey, I want to do that." Yeah. So of course, they start using these ramps, these jumps, uh, and and the same thing with the in uh, 1976, we got a water shortage. Kids are riding uh, skateboards in pools, and the kids, the other kids with the bikes, are like, "Hey, I want to yeah, do that yeah. too." So they start they start doing the same thing uh, in these backyards. Uh, they start having. Um, uh, essentially rallies, uh, where they get together jams, you know, those types yep, of things jams. where they were doing things and people are bringing their bikes mm-hmm, uh, yep. and they're, they're doing the same things that these, uh, these other uh, skateboarders are doing. And, you know, these, uh, Devin and Todd bank are, are two brothers, uh, that, uh, uh, I think that's their names so making sure that kind of, uh, were, uh, known as the origins of riding bikes at these, um, and I'm not sure on the last name, but uh, at these rallies, uh, and you can uh, actually look them up. They've got the whole history of kind of BMXing, and they would just bring their bikes uh, to these uh, these skateboard rallies and do their thing on a bike. Yep. And, uh, and they were welcomed, and it, it kind of started the, the BMX craze. Uh, and if you look at the, the webpage that, that talks about the history, uh, what's interesting is that they, they weren't riding BMX bikes like you ride. Yeah. Uh, they were riding uh, bikes that had banana seats, yeah. big brakes, mm-hmm. big old long handlebars. Oh, there's yeah. a picture of, uh, of a guy, he's doing a wheelie on the banana seat. It's just kind of funny because the bikes weren't designed <laughs> no, uh, specifically yeah. for freestyle BMXing. Uh, so it's pretty it's pretty funny to see somebody... Doing tricks on a an old banana seat. But uh that's the way it started, you know, and, and in the eighties the popularity increased. People started manufacturing, you know, bikes specifically for freestyle skill set, the kind mm-hmm. of stuff that you do. Uh instead of just, you know, the BMX racing or whatever, old dirt bikes or banana seat, leisure mm-hmm. bikes. Uh so uh, before
1: we before we uh keep going, we we have to pause for a quick break, but we'll be right back. So keep that thought in mind. All right, and we are back.
0: And so we were uh, talking about how the popularity had increased in the 80s. -hmm. Uh, What's a little bit odd with BMXing is in the 90s, that just flew out of your ass.
1: Yeah, it did. It sure did. That happens.
0: Uh, In the 90s and the 2000s, the popularity of BMX kind of diminished. It went down. Uh, And nobody really had, in my research, a, a very good explanation as to why. I mean, if I had a guess, I would guess that uh, probably Nintendo and PlayStation and those guys had something to do with it.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh,
0: But uh, anyway, it kind of went away. Uh, However, since 2010, uh, there's been a resurgence of BMX. It's increasing in popularity uh, and um, it's had the same issues with kids wanting to ride street, getting Mm -hmm. out into the community settings um, and, uh, you know, with ordinances being passed, not really solving the problem and people designing parks these days for both skateboards and BMX. Uh, And the resurgence has been uh, popular enough that BMX will now actually be, Freestyle BMX is going to be in the next Olympics uh, in Tokyo. Oh, really? I didn't
1: even know that. So it's
0: supposed to be, now I'm not positive skateboarding was the first time, but for BMX it will be the first time. And it was supposed to be 2020. Last summer uh, it was supposed to be in the Olympics. Now everything got shoved back a year. So hopefully we'll have the Olympics in 2021. It'll be interesting to see uh, people doing their Freestyle BMX um, at that level, so that'll, yeah. be, that'll be fun to watch.
1: <laughs> Crazy. So does that wrap up? Uh, that wraps up the, the history. history of BMX?
0: Basically, that brings us up to twenty twenty twenty
1: one. All right, next
0: year, and it's going to be an Olympic event. So that's kind of it overlaps and intertwines with skateboarding. So I didn't want, yeah, to, yeah,
1: kind, of the, uh, kind I didn't of want to repeat myself, stuff, but, but yeah, yeah that makes same kind of sense. deal. So, so what about uh skate park laws? Like, what are the laws that go into all this stuff? Like legal, legal side of things. that yeah. us kids have no idea what.
0: Yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah, it's a different, it's the adult side of, of all this. And since we're a lawyer up, we're a legal channel, we're going to get into some of the legal aspects, uh, which uh, we'll try to keep it interesting. Right. So, uh, uh, but when we're talking about uh, skate park laws, you know, you've got the idea that communities realize that passing ordinances to prevent people from skateboarding and people from BMXing and and riding in commercial areas, that wasn't going to solve the problem. So we need to actually build these parks uh, and give them a place to go and do their thing. Uh, so as more and more skate parks, uh, get, uh, built up, we have more and more laws about it. And you know, when you're talking about skate parks, uh, the issue is liability, of course, you know, what What they all say. Yeah. I mean, that's what old people say is, you know, I don't want you to do that because of liability.
1: I got my last BMX edit. There was a lady who's like, there's a clip. Do you know what liability is young man? I was like, Bitch, I sure do. I <laughs> nope. didn't say that. She was a sweet lady.
0: That's why my dad went to law school. As well, I don't have <laughs> yeah. to pay attention, so to I can do whatever
1: I want. Yeah, yeah. There you
0: go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, and when you got skate skateboarding, BMXing, somebody is going to get hurt. That's not it's mm. not an issue of if, it's an issue of when. Uh, so you have to deal with the scenario of uh, dealing with what you know. It's classified legally as an inherently dangerous activity, uh, and a lot of. Uh, Things are that, you know, hand gliding and those types of things. Hey, it's just inherently dangerous what you're doing. Uh, Somebody is going to get hurt. And some of the statistics, uh, one of the uh, most interesting statistics, uh, when I was looking up skateboarding and BMX injuries, uh, the American Medical Association said a third of all skateboarding injuries uh, that wind up in the ER are from people who have been doing it for less than a week. Wow so a really? third of all injuries come from newbies who yeah. do something that they saw somebody else doing yep. that they have no business doing.
1: Yep. Uh
0: and, and then they wind up in the ER. Uh, so, and I don't know if you found that to be true, uh, in in your experience when you're riding, yeah, I've got yeah. But, the, uh,
1: there was uh this one, there was this ramp. I I hadn't hit it until my like second year of riding because it was such a gnarly ramp. And you got if you hit it with speed, you have to have an incredible control. Anyway, this kid who never rode a bike before got on my bike, we did it, and I got it on video, and he broke his front teeth.
0: Wow. Yep. yep. See, there you go. Yep. It, it looks easy, and it, the better yep. you are, some of your videos, you make it look real easy. Uh, but Which if makes I people
1: try things yeah. that they
0: should not be trying. Yeah. If I did that, I'd wind up in the hospital, uh, probably permanently.
1: So I wound up in the hospital and I know what I'm you
0: doing. You did. You did. I'm yeah. Sure you're
1: still paying for it. <laughs> yeah. That
0: was a, that was a bad night. Yeah. Uh, that was the night where, uh, you're in the ER. You're, you're I think your front four teeth were knocked out, mm-hmm. stuck yep. in the roof of your mouth. They had to pull them out, stick them back in your head. Yep. You had a, a concussion. He kept asking me what happened, and I said, "Well, you had a you had a crash." And you kept telling me, well, "I don't wreck." <laughs> I said, "Well, you did this time." You're like, "Nope, I don't wreck." And I'm like, "Well, mother, beep, you <laughs> I do did now. this time." I
1: crash all the time. This
0: ain't your bedroom, right? So, <laughs> so we know injuries can occur. And one of the funny things—not that it was all that funny—but when we brought you home, uh, it was right after Christmas, and he goes through into his bedroom and he's seeing the new stuff he got for Christmas. He's like, wow, because he, he, he basically had a head injury and, and didn't remember any of it. So he got two Christmases that year.
1: I sure did. Even how though it was, was the like?
0: same stuff. Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um,
1: 14, 13, 15? I would
0: say, how old are you now? 30? 19. You're 9? Nine? I think. 19, okay, 19. 19. 19. No, I'm 19. Right. So uh, probably somewhere in the vicinity yeah. 13, 14. I would say yeah, it's been four or five years. No, you were in, yeah, you were in, uh, I was in eighth grade. Eighth
1: grade so Holland's an eighth No, she's a freshman. She's a freshman so yeah, she's, she's 14. She's so maybe I'd have been 13. Yeah,
0: probably right. Probably right. So anyway, so we know injuries occur and, uh, the uh, additional, uh, information I got from the American pediatrics, um, that they say that pediatrics, that's the pediatrics. word, that's the word, uh, association said that they Don't get ask about, me, uh, but it is
1: pediatrics. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Uh, so, uh, they said they get about fifty thousand ER visits a year from people on skateboards wow. and uh, uh, BMXing type things. Um, however, they said it's still that's a lot less than they get from football. So even though it's a dangerous mm-hmm. activity, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's not uh, you know it's not any more not super high risk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But
0: obviously, people are going to get hurt, and and you know the bottom line is that there's a very real risk of injury uh, when you skateboard or you BMX. So from a business perspective the concept if you're thinking about it from uh, somebody who owns a skate park is you know uh you have uh for any business um that operates you have a duty to protect that's what it's called a duty to protect people that you invite into your business uh so that's the real that's the kicker that's what you got to worry about you know at Walmart somebody drops some spaghetti or spills something on the floor and you hear you know clean up in aisle 7 And then you have a, you see one of those little yellow signs there and people kind of, they kind of come, come running when you have those types of things. And that's because of their liability. They've got a duty to protect. Yep uh, people that are wandering through there. And if somebody, I had a case where somebody was, uh, out in the greenhouse and they were watering the plants and the water had run and kind of mixed with the dirt. And they just, they were looking at the plants and they stepped down on a leaf and just fell down and and injured themselves. Oh wow! Uh, And we got some money out of Walmart because of that, because they have a duty to protect, Mm -hmm. uh, people that they invite into their business and and all businesses have that. And when you uh, ramp up what you're doing, Uh, you ramp up kind of the liability and you think about amusement parks it's like, why do they have all the rules that they have? Why do they have to be a certain height or
1: Mm, why do you get
0: strapped in Mm -hmm. sometimes uncomfortably tight? Yeah. That's because they got a duty to protect you. If you go to an amusement park and you pay the price of admission and they kill you, uh, you got a pretty massive lawsuit against you. So, they uh, do everything that they can uh, to prevent that liability. So that's the issue. When you are a business, you've got uh, the duty to protect people uh, that come in uh, to your business. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to talk about the different types of park ownership and how you can uh, basically get around uh, or deal with that duty uh, to protect. So the concept is, there really are two types of ownership. Either your skate park's going to be owned by a private foundation or an individual could be Tony Hawk foundation mm-hmm. could be me. I could own a piece of property and, and open up a skate park or it's going to be owned by the government. It's going to be your city, your County, whoever. So it's either going to be privately owned or it's going to be governmentally owned. Uh, then the flip side of that is you're going to either charge for admission or you're not. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have basically four different types of skate park yep. ownership. Uh, then the one that, uh, you see most common are your, your, your free, uh, government parks, uh, where you have, you know, you pull up to this kind of outdoor skate park and there's nobody mm-hmm. there. There's nobody charging you admission. Yep. Uh, and usually those are owned by the government, the mm-hmm. city parks, right? Yep. They're there. And the laws are set up to protect, um, free parks, Uh, whether it be government or privately owned, if you're not going to charge admission, the laws are set up to protect you Uh, because, you know, you'd almost have to be at a, you know, kind of a government park Mm -hmm. where you're not, you're not monitoring it. So if somebody shows up and they fall down and uh, you know, uh, break something, then, you know, you're just like, well, heck, we weren't there. We don't know. We can't, we can't really do anything about that. So when it comes to government type parks, there's something called sovereign immunity uh, and that's what the governments have in a lot of different areas. I got a little too close.
1: No, it uh, seems good on the but, thing. Uh, uh,
0: anyway, so, but the, the concept is the king can do no wrong. And the king is the government, of course. Yep. They make the laws and they're like, hey, you know, we're going to give ourselves immunity mm-hmm. in this area. So uh, for these free government skate, uh, skate parks that we have, essentially, uh, they've got sovereign immunity. So if you get hurt and you sue them, they just, that's a defense. It's like, we have sovereign yep. immunity. You can't sue us. Uh, so that's, uh, is how kind of these government free skate parks uh, go forward. Now there's a couple of exceptions uh, if it's an unforeseeable dangerous condition on the property. So, you know, if you were riding a bowl and you fall down and hurt yourself, you can't sue them for that. Yeah. But you know, if you're, you're out there uh, skating and a light pole falls in on you and, and, and you know, kills yeah, you or whatever, That's different. You could say, Hey, that was unforeseeable. Uh, that's an unreasonably dangerous condition on the property. Uh, so, um, that would be an area where the, your sovereign immunity wouldn't mm. cover you. Yep. Uh, and then also the the other exception is if they start charging. If they charge a fee for what they're doing, they move from being a government entity or a government function to more of a business function. You're like, hey, you're going to act like a business. You're going to get money and profit off of this particular mm-hmm. endeavor. Then you're going to pay. You know, you're going to have to either get insurance or you're going to pay for it because you're going to then have the duty to protect people. Yep. So when they move into the pay area, which we see, that's why. You know, we've got the issues that we do with our local Springfield skate park, right? They charge you to get in. Yep, they do. And they make sure that you're wearing your helmets and you're doing the types Mm. of things that you're supposed to do to protect you. So, yeah, well, they have to be. Exactly. Yeah, Somebody like me will sue them. They get in a
1: lot of trouble for it. There you go.
0: So uh, when you move over to free, privately owned uh, types of skate parks, uh, they don't have sovereign immunity because that's for governments, right? They're not a government. Uh, uh, but they have recreational use, uh, statutes in, and these are, they differ a lot. A lot of States have them. A couple of States, Hawaii is one of them that has them specific to skate parks. Um, but a lot of States are not specific to any entity. They're just talking mm-hmm. about, Hey, if you have private property, uh, that you own, that you're going to open to the public and let them, and it could be trails. It could be any number of things, mm-hmm. but it, we're talking about skate parks. Um, And you don't charge a fee. You don't charge anything. You'll also be protected. Uh, So it's the same concept, uh, but they call it recreational use statutes. And it's a protection uh, for people uh, that open up their private land to the public. Um, The exception, again, is uh, for unreasonable, uh, dangerous conditions. So if you're in an indoor skate park, that's free, which you don't really see those, but the ceiling falls in on your head. You know, they're like, well, you didn't anticipate that danger. So if there's something unreasonably dangerous, obviously responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Or if you, again, if you start charging, when you start charging people, you then uh, wind up uh, with the uh, duty to protect them. Uh, So, and if you're out there and you're considering a skate park or starting a skate park or doing that, I'd always advise people to lawyer up, right? Get a lawyer. Because these recreational use statutes vary from city to city within a state, from state to state, they're just all over the place. So you'd want to get a lawyer uh, and talk to them if that's something that you uh, were thinking about doing. Um, but that's uh, actually the you know the bottom line is that these skate parks um, that charge a fee are going to have a duty to protect their customers.
1: Mm-hmm. So so yeah. so what does that involve?
0: Well, when you're talking about uh, this duty to protect it, when you're talking about specific to skate parks, and we can be, you know, depending upon the business entity, but obviously a number one's helmets. That's the number one type of injury you could have. That would be significant. You can get scrapes and cuts and stuff like that, but head injury can be permanent. Mm. So helmets are a must no matter where you are. Um, but various states treat uh, beyond that in different ways. Some of them require, actually require uh, joint protection. So that'd be your elbows and knees. Require you. To I have wouldn't be able to go. Your pads on that would be. That'd just be outside of your comfort zone, right?
1: I, I wouldn't be able to move. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. That's not that I would look funny. I don't care as long as. I just wouldn't be able to move.
0: Yeah, you look funny
1: anyway. Yeah, okay. But
0: uh, yeah, okay. All right, okay. But anyway, but yeah. So yeah, uh, but uh, the... Oh, here it is. There it is. That's my first one. I'm doing pretty good. That's my I'll first one. I forgot this
1: isn't my show. This is your show. Oh, that's so. okay.
0: That's okay. I've been kicked out of nicer places than this. Actually, I don't know that I have. This is pretty nice. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, anyway, so, but we were talking about, yeah, your joint pads, uh, but it gets more involved than that. Where is uh well, yeah, of course, waivers are mm-hmm. good. Uh, a- absolutely. Um, before we get to waivers, even in when you're talking about uh, the design of your skate park, they, they will get into whether you have an expert design it. Did you have just some people throw some stuff together? Or did you have somebody that understands flow and the way people are going to be going in and out of uh, different types of uh, features of the
1: park? I didn't know flow was uh, in the law of the legal it's book. A park flow. Yeah. And Damn. So okay. You got
0: to give some thought to that as All to. Right. Uh, you know, if you have two big jumps and they're going right at each other, you could have uh, you know, if it's not a spine, you can have those types of things. But if you have mm. a scenario where people are going to be crashing into each other, you could get, in trouble for not adhering to your duty to protect. Wow. I did not know uh, that. I didn't your, know flow
1: was a thing that people really considered. And I mean, when you design a park, you want it to flow well, but I didn't know that was like a standard. You're supposed That's to try really cool. to
0: minimize yeah. potential impacts, right? Yeah, from people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And that applies to thinking about skateboards and bikes at the same time. Is our park sufficiently large enough to have them at the same time. Cause sometimes mm. you've got BMX only or you've got skateboard only or whatever. Used to
1: at the Springfield actually. So yeah. Not yeah. anymore though.
0: And then sometimes they'll do bigs and littles. I mean, you, you, you don't want your, you, sometimes you get you got grown men on bikes skating with the uh, four year olds on skateboards. So that's what
1: we need uh, at Springfield. Wow. That we need that bad.
0: So, yeah, because you can you can hurt a kid, you know, so a lot of times yeah, they'll, they'll everybody have, uh, has
1: at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I've I been mean, the kid when I first started to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen
0: it. So and it's another thing that uh, you could you, you give some thought to as to having mm-hmm. s- designated time for your littles to do their thing. Uh, but of course, waivers. And if you're going to be no, no matter whether you're government or whether you're going to be private, uh, you need to have people put in writing. Uh, you know, hey, I assume the risk of the, res- you know, of what the activity I'm undertaking, what I'm doing. I understand there's a risk that I may get hurt, and I'm not going to re- hold you responsible for injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets more complicated because kids can't sign waivers; they're not legally, yeah, they're uh, like competent. 18, yeah. So you got to have parents uh, come in and sign these waivers mm-hmm. on behalf of their kids. Uh, and so, um, and to police that is. You know, it requires a little bit of uh, attention to detail. And, you know, you gotta have, you know, most of these kids that are running these skate parks, they don't want to be doing that. That's not what they want to be doing. But yeah, for the ownership, the liability is a big deal and you got to mm-hmm. pay attention and you need to have everybody sign these waivers. It's a big deal when it comes to uh, liability protection. Uh, and, you know, it can be done. Uh, we've seen oh, the trampoline parks have popped up all over the country, uh, and they do theirs electronically before you show yep. up. You can get on the online and do the waiver thing so it can be done. Yep, uh, and of course, that's not foolproof. Uh, there are injuries that can happen, uh, that were if it's unforeseeable, an unforeseeable injury can move outside of your waiver because mm-hmm. you're only waiving foreseeable injuries. So, if something crazy happens. Uh, you can still have potentially a cause of action Mm -hmm. uh, even though you've signed a waiver. Uh, So the other, the the last but not least thing that I always tell people, if you're going to do something like that, you got to get insurance just in the event that, uh, and even if you supposedly, if it's free uh, and you're supposedly protected, um, The uh, just litigating and and proving that you're right can cost you know tens of thousands of dollars. So, I always tell people get insurance, wow, because part of the insurance that you buy is your defense. You pay your deductible, uh, they provide you with a lawyer and defending you if you get sued. And so, it's the last line of defense, but insurance is obviously a a good uh, thing to have uh, Mm. to protect uh, the entity. So, uh, essentially. Uh, you know, helmets is a must, and from there, it just yep. depends on where you are and what you're doing as to the different types of things uh, that could help with liability and that duty to protect.
1: All right, yeah, that's all the questions I had. That was a lot of interesting stuff. I learned a lot, and I do this for a living. So,
0: well, thanks for uh, uh, appearing.
1: Yeah. On the Lawyer Up with me. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Uh,
0: letting uh, us use uh, your course. studio. Of course. Uh, and we have a couple of exciting uh, things planned. We're kind of moving into season two of Lawyer Up. We're going to do some different types of things. We've got a lot of the content area out there uh, with the legal topics. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, We're going to start incorporating some videos into what we're doing. Uh, We've got a couple of segments we're going to do in this podcast format uh, with some crazy laws. We're going to talk about that and do some reaction uh, type stuff coming forward. So uh, remember to uh, like, comment, subscribe, and share. Uh, check out Grayson Roberts' YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, We've got merch uh, on the uh, bossindustries.co
1: site. First link in the description.
0: There you go. Yeah, look down below for that. Otherwise, thank you for watching. You've been watching
1: Lawyer Up.